0: Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 348. Life is about balance. The balance of work and pleasure, the balance of family and friends, Uh, and don't forget the balance of your checkbook.
1: This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah! Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit, with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's a very special guest, Peter Volney. Peter, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am indeed. All right, great to have you here. Peter Volney is the founder of the Concord in the Hills that will celebrate his third year on Saturday, February 13th in 2016 in Fountain Hills, Arizona. In 2015, the event drew 444 cars and over 10,000 spectators and raised well over $60,000 for the local Boys and Girls Club of the greater Scottsdale area. Peter's career included growing one of Canada's most successful advertising agencies, griffin Bacall volney whose clients included many major players in the automotive field. He's been an editorial advisor and a regular columnist for several magazines. And today, along with running the Concours in the Hills, Peter plays with his collector cars and works on his tan, successfully I will say, and his golf game, somewhat unsuccessfully, but he's working on it. So, Peter, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment, before we get into the questions, and share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Certainly.
0: Well, I guess uh, my passion for automobiles is what led me to uh, my career um, I uh, aspired to be a uh, race driver, and unfortunately, uh, I, uh, there, there was more bravado than talent, so I wasn't particularly <laughs> successful at that. But it led me into uh, automotive marketing, um, which um, developed into a, a, a nice career and allowed me to buy some of the toys that I've had in my life. That's kind of
1: it. You run this Concours event that's in its third year, and this thing is growing some traction, getting some momentum. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show, because I wanted to learn more about it. There are lots of Concour events around the country. Uh, you guys raise money for the Boys and Girls Club, which is absolutely tremendous. But before I get into the questions here, tell me a little bit about why did you take on this challenge? Because Concour events are not easy things to run.
0: Boy, you're right on that score. Uh, you know, if I could turn the clock back, I probably wouldn't do it. <laughs> um, it's turned into a full-time job. I've been retired for uh, 13 years now, playing with cars, traveling, doing a lot of different things, leading a very nice quiet life. I would go up to Monterey every year for the uh, car week up there, and I really admired what Concours Italiano was doing. And we have some really wonderful car shows here in, in the valley in Scottsdale, some excellent shows that draw a lot of cars and that, but um, they're pretty well all in parking lots and I just thought it would be nice once a year to do a show that is on grass in a spectacular location.
1: I've been involved in Concord events, and as I said and you imply, there are a lot of work. So I really admire what you're doing, but you've got some momentum going, and I'm sure every year, especially as the, the number of cars for your event has grown, this thing's going to just keep gaining traction and get bigger and better. So be very excited. I hope I can come and visit your show this coming year because my daughter lives in Scottsdale. So it'd be a good excuse to visit her and stop by and see some of the cars and get to meet you face to face. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. It's some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life, and it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? Peter, I know you love to drive, so take the wheel. Well, I, I um, when I think about that, I actually
0: have two quotes that I, I've kind of lived by most of my life, all of my life. The first one is do what you love, and you'll never work a day in your life.
1: Uh, Henry Ford. <laughs>
0: now, I, I mean, it's tried; it's been used by so many different people, but it, it certainly applies to me. The other one uh, that that I've really practiced is uh, Nike's original slogan, which is "Just Do It."
1: Yes, wonderful.
0: And I've often been accused of ready, fire, aim, and it's true. But I think that's a hell of a lot better than those people who spend all of their lives aiming and never actually pull the trigger. Oh, um, yeah. you, you know I think if you just do things, you'll make some mistakes, but you'll learn from those mistakes and go on to better things.
1: Absolutely. Well, the agency that you created and, and it was a major part of your career throughout your life, I'd love to just touch on that a little bit because you had a lot of clients that were in the automotive industry, right? Yes. Let's share a couple of those. I'd love to hear a little bit about who those people were and how you incorporated your passion for cars into that part of your vocation.
0: Well, gee, I, I mean, we had uh, both automotive manufacturers and, and a lot of companies in the aftermarket as well. I guess we were successful in getting them as clients as when we would go in and, and pitch them. We just knew what we were talking about, Uh, and and instead of going in there and talking about uh, advertising things, we would go in there and talk to them about marketing things, and and the clients would just understand that that we really knew their product, knew the industry, and and, uh, that really helped us.
1: Would you say, then, the difference, it's very interesting that you put that, because ad agencies, for those, and I worked in an ad agency creative firm the idea of marketing versus selling, and maybe touch on that a little bit. What do you mean by that? I think that's very interesting.
0: Well, I, I think that in the old days, advertising was purely that advertising. You know, you produced a TV or a radio commercial, a billboard, a magazine or newspaper ad or whatever. But um, the industry changed many, many years ago, and uh, it, it became encom- and encompassed a number of different facets that included public relations, events motivating sales forces motivating dealers many different aspects um, and and uh, you know if, if a company had to go out and hire six different people to do those six different tasks it was very complicated for them
1: absolutely if they could
0: come along and, and do all six tasks they're only dealing with one company it just made a lot of sense for them and economically it was very good for them too
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, the industry and it just keeps evolving and changing, yeah. especially with the advent of social media today and the way companies are presenting themselves and marketing themselves. It, it, the world has opened up so many spectacular opportunities. And for people who have a passion like you have for cars to handle companies that deal with cars, I think that probably helped you, didn't it?
0: It, it certainly did. And, and you know, for instance, when we launched Yokohama Tires, I, I mean, for me, that wasn't work. You know, I, I was being paid to play with high-performance tires. It was wonderful. Um, Or, or, you know, uh, we worked for Subaru, and we did uh, their rally work and that. So, you know, again, playing with Subaru rally cars, it was just it it was fun. (laughs) It was never actually work.
1: Absolutely. Well, you listeners out there, again, you know enough about Cars Yeah that you find a way to work in your passion, and it is not work. It's a lot of fun. So there's a little golden nugget that Peter dropped for you. Would you share a story with me, Peter, that instigated your passion for cars? I'd love for you to tell us about that pivotal moment in your life when you really knew you were a car guy.
0: Wow, well, there, there really wasn't a, a pivotal moment when, I, when I think about it. Um, my parents told me that even as a kid, you know, a couple of years old, I, I, I couldn't walk or barely walk, and and I loved cars. You probably can't tell because I have an American accent now, but I'm actually Australian. Um, And growing up as as a kid in Australia, I had subscriptions to every Australian, American, and British car magazine. Even before I had a driver's license, I'd take the bus to car races and and, uh, just... My school books were full of doodles, uh, very bad ones, I should add, but doodles of cars, and and I just lived and breathed cars. It was just something that that happened. Um, I I don't think it was a pivotal moment. It was evolutionary rather than revolutionary.
1: Oil running through your veins like the rest of us, so I love it. Peter, what I'd love to do now is crawl under the hood and take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. You know, the ad industry, the marketing industry, it's fraught with ups and downs, and I always ask a guest, to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that they faced along the way in their career. And this might even have something to do with the concourse you're involved in now because of the immense challenges with that. But the most important part of the story you're going to share has to do with how did you overcome that situation and what did it teach you? What did you learn from it?
0: Well, like most people my age, I've had lots of challenges. But um, there are a couple that really stand out in, in, in my life. When I was in my teens, I developed colon cancer. And naively, or probably stupidly, um, I didn't tell anybody—not even my parents—because back then cancer was the kiss of death, and especially at such a young age. But I decided that I was going to live life to the fullest for whatever time that I had, and I just kept going and going. And and um, finally, many years later, I'd reached a point where it had to be operated on. I, I didn't have a choice. It was operated on, and and fortunately, I survived. I was operated in 1978 here we are in 2015 and awesome. I'm alive and healthy and and driving some pretty fast cars so you know one of the lessons to be learned from that is get over it it, it it's like racing you come to a chicane get through the chicane and accelerate out of it and and, and that's that a business problem or challenge that I faced is, is um many years ago and again I accept responsibility for this I was defrauded by somebody For a very large amount, Uh, my accountant had told me to file for bankruptcy. I was very uncomfortable with that. I enlisted the help of my wife, who who was wonderful, and the two of us just attacked the costs in the business, and we went out and and, uh, restructured the business. I'm very proud to say that within six months, we'd paid all of our creditors 100 cents on the dollar, We're back in the black, and the business just boomed after that. Both of those experiences taught me never give up. And, and you take people like, uh, you know, I, I greatly admire Michael Schumacher, because no matter whatever happened to Michael Schumacher, although his situation now is obviously different, but in his racing career, he was notorious for never giving up. Didn't matter where he was in the pack. He just went at it all the time.
1: Wow. we well, you know, you shared some really valuable information there. First and foremost, thanks for sharing a very personal story about cancer, being a cancer survivor. Congratulations. I have One of those in my family, my mom has survived cancer. You just got to keep fighting through and believing and being positive. And the fact that you've carried that personality trait into your business to overcome a financial disaster like that, where someone took advantage of you, wonderful, wonderful story here for our listeners. Don't give up, never give up, or as one of my past guests said, never lift. So great stories. How about shifting gears here and going to the other end of the spectrum? I'd love for you to share a story with me where you had an aha moment. These are moments in your career, your life, where the headlights come on and they illuminate your way for this new idea, this new direction you have. And tell us the steps that you took to turn your aha moment into your success.
0: I was working for a, uh, a publishing company selling advertising in magazines. I was actually a publisher, and, and uh, but still selling ads calling on a lot of advertising agencies. The ad agencies I called on, I I realized didn't know anywhere near as much about their clients' products or market or competitors as I did. So I thought, well, wait a minute, they're making a lot more money than I am doing something that I know more about. So I left and started an ad agency and turned out I was right. (laughs) I I started, um, my my very first client was Wins Friction Proofing. Oh, okay. And uh, they were very... Small client, but, but uh, you know, we, we got them as a client and they grew. We developed the market for them. They really grew. And uh, other companies in the automotive industry saw what we were doing for them and we were able to approach them. And we built a, a very nice business out of just knowledge of the industry and, and liking the industry, you know, mm-hmm.
1: understanding it. You know, your story reminds me a lot of a guest I had on the show early when I started Cars. Yeah, Russell LaFleurie. Russell was a Porsche guy who had been a teacher and was in a position in his life where he wasn't really sure what to do next. And he went into a Porsche dealership and realized, I know a lot more than this salesman that's trying to sell me. And he went and talked to the general manager. And the general manager said, yeah, you do. Why don't you come and work here? And he ended up being their best salesman. And then from there, he knew so much about being a good salesperson, they hired him to train other salespeople And he went, you know what? I could start a business like this. And he went out and started his own business. And to this day, he goes and trains people around the world who sell Porsches, Lamborghinis, Ferraris to be better salespeople. Yeah, it's very important. Uh, You know, I buy
0: cars like that. And and, and, uh, it's annoying when you go into a, a dealership and you know more than the salesperson does. And it shouldn't be like that.
1: No, absolutely. How about proudest moments in your career? I would assume you had many. What is your proudest moment that you can recall, one that stands out for you that you'd share with us?
0: That's a tough one because, um, as you say, there there are several successes, obviously. Oh, I can think of one. We won the Yokohama account to launch Yokohama. And we looked at the uh, other tire advertising that was out there from from the other companies. And, you know, they all talked about things that just didn't seem interesting to to anybody. We wanted to do something that would be very, very different and would capture the market's attention very, very quickly. So um, this is actually funny, or at least I think it's funny. We actually came up with a, a theme that we adapted from the pop song, Do the Locomotion, And we turned it into do the yoga motion.
1: (laughs) I like that. And
0: um, it was just an instant hit. Um, the, sa- the Yokohama sales force would walk into tire stores to try and get the tire stores to carry Yokohama tires, and and the salesman in the store would break out singing "Do the Yokohama." Do motion. the
1: Yokohama motion with. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> so um, I-, I won't. I- I'll spare you my singing because it's pretty bad.
1: Yeah, mine too. <laughs>
0: we instantly had a uh, huge market share, and the client was ec- ecstatic, and it was just a big success, and everybody had so much fun with it. You know, oh, we-, yeah. we didn't take it as, as seriously as. Some people do. Sure.
1: Oh, fantastic. I love it. Well, having a a marketing background as I do, I love stories like that and and very clever, unique ideas to sell product to people and promote product. And I've been a big big fan of Yokohama for a long time, bought many tires for my cars over the years from Yokohama. So I I remember that. Okay, I'll do that. Let's have a little bit of fun here. Could you tell me about your first really special car? And I'd love to hear a story about that vehicle.
0: My my first special car was actually my very first car uh, back in Australia when I was 16 years old. I bought a a Holden, which is, uh, you know, an Australian brand made by General Motors. It came with a a three litre straight six and a a single barrel Stromberg carburetor or something like that. And I decided I wanted the race cars. I thought I had some talent. I didn't. But I had the car highly modified, you know, with triple SU carbs, uh, you you know, high lift cam. I had the suspension and brakes completely done. I ripped out all the soundproofing and and did everything I could to lighten it. And I raced it not very successfully, I hate to admit. As for, for memories, it's the only car in my life I've ever rolled. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, and, and I can tell you, even as, as an Australian, I don't like being upside down in a car. <laughs> I love it in an aeroplane, but I hate it in a car.
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. You know, I just had Lynn St. James on the show, and Lynn told me about her first race in a Ford Pinto. It was also her daily driver, yeah. and in the first race, she drove it into a lake and submerged the entire <laughs> car. So uh, you rolled, she floated hers. So. uh You and Lynn have something in common. (laughs) Very cool. Except except she had talent. I didn't. She went on to have an incredible career. Still still does to this guy. Great lady. Yeah, she was a great show. She is a lady too. She's awesome. Is there a vehicle that you've owned and sold that you go, oh man, I wish I had that back in my garage? Well, there's lots
0: of vehicles that that, that, uh, I've bought and sold and wish I still had. But um, in terms of biggest regret, I've always lusted after Ferrari Daytonas ever since they came out. And then I think it was 1968 or 69. I've I've always thought they were a spectacularly beautiful road car. Always wanted one. And um, finally, about two years ago, actually, with my wife's urging, I decided I'd buy one. Um, I passed on a a very, very nice one. Uh, And just a few months ago, I bought one and paid double what I could have bought, more than double what I could have bought it for two years ago. So I guess that's one of the biggest regrets.
1: Oh, goodness. Well, Daytona, very cool. Very cool car indeed. Awesome. I can't wait to get to, down to Arizona and check it out and have you give me a ride in that thing. Sure. Very nice. Now, I usually ask my guests at this point in the show about current projects, but I'd really like you to talk about your Concours event. I'd love for you to share a little bit more with our guests about your Concours event so that you can get them excited and fired up so that they head down to Scottsdale in the wintertime when it's cold everywhere else and beautiful down there and come and see your show.
0: Well, you're right about being beautiful down here. The show is in early February, February the 13th this year or next year. The last two years, it's been in the 80s and sunny. So, uh, you know, if you live in the northeast and, and are sick of shoveling snow, come on down. Yeah, But um, as I said earlier, I started this show because um, I really admired what Concorso Italiano was doing. I think they do one a hell of a fine job. So um, I thought I'd start one down here. Um, I wanted to do it purely for charity. I picked the Boys and Girls Club because I think it's a very, very worthwhile charity. That's our future, the future of America. In the very first year, 2014, we drew 220 cars. Uh, A couple of thousand spectators, we raised over $25,000, but I could only get four sponsors because, you you know, the companies would look at me and say, well, there's not a hope in hell that you're ever going to be successful. So I couldn't get any sponsors. This past February, we grew to 440 cars, 444 paid cars. We had about 10,000 spectators. Uh, Spectators come in free, so it's hard to do an accurate count. I just go around and ask people for their estimates and then average it out. We raised over $60,000 and we had 36 sponsors because now we had some credibility. Nice. We're working on the 2016 show and we're already up to 49 sponsors. So it is just growing wildly. Wow. Uh, It looks like we're on the map now. It's a hell of a lot of work. I, I, I won't deny that. But it's work that I like and I'm meeting such fantastic people, you know, people in the industry that, that, that I really like and admire and respect. So I'm, I'm having a blast with it. The show will be opened by Bob Bondurant and Ari Leyendijk, who will say, gentlemen, start your engines and we'll have four or five hundred cars fire up uh, simultaneously. We've done this the last two years. It's been very popular and very, very loud. Bob and Ari will also be handing out awards, and Ari very kindly is uh, bringing his Indy 500 winning car to the show. But we'll have lots of other uh, very, very serious cars there. We have a La Ferrari coming. We have an Enzo coming, a Bugatti Veyron, and, and uh, lots of other cars. Uh, last year we had a 918. I, I don't know if it's coming back, but hopefully.
1: Well, it's fantastic what you're doing, and, and as you may know and our listeners will know, I've had many directors of concourse events here on Car Jazz: yeah. sandra button from of course the pebble beach event bill warner from amelia island tom mcdowell concorso italiano you mentioned and there's been steve uh, alan stevens from forest grove been around that show's been around for 25 plus years i believe so you know, what you're doing is great you're building like i said at the beginning of the show some traction momentum with all these sponsors and with the money you're raising hey buddy you're off to a great start so bravo very well done Thank you. Here's a very introspective question for you. I love this question. If Peter was a car, (laughs) what kind of car would Peter be and why?
0: (laughs) I'll tell you what I'd really like to be. Uh I'd I'd like to be a a P4 Ferrari or a a
1: Ford GT Mark II. Oh, goodness. Yeah, wouldn't we all? (laughs) (laughs) But unfortunately, I think I'm more like a Jeep. A Jeep. Well, see, that's why I like this. You're answering honestly. So tell me, a Jeep. Why would Peter be a Jeep? Because I think I'm a good
0: workhorse. I'm reliable. I'm efficient. I think I'm good value for the money, but I'd much rather be a P4 Ferrari. Yeah,
1: I think so, P4. Yeah, well, that's why I like that question. I call that the Harold Cleaworth question. Harold Cleaworth has been on the show twice. He's a very well-known painter of cars. He just released a new book, A Life Fulfilled, and he gave me the idea for that question. And just as a little side note, Harold was, the front was a Austin Healey, I believe, and the last was a 59 Cadillac Biarritz, because he's originally from England, but came to live in the U.S., so he's kind of this molding of these two very different cars, so wonderful, wonderful answer. I love it. Peter's a Jeep. Well, Peter, up next is the last lab. but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. Metrovac has been manufacturing and providing quality automotive vacuums and blowers since 1939. I've used their portable vacuum and blowers for over 15 years in my garage, on my cars, motorcycles, around my home, and you should too. Their Air Force Master Blaster Revolution is my go-to tool every time I wash and detail my vehicles. Powered by two twin fan 4.0 peak horsepower motors, the Master Blaster delivers up to 58,000 feet per minute of clean, warm, dry, filtered air. Dry your car without a towel and avoid those nagging micro-scratches. Perfect for the wheels, engines, motorcycles, and all those frustrating water traps in trim, door jams, and seals. Check out all of MetroVac's quality products, deliberately made better in the USA. MetroVac is the right choice. Learn more today at MetroVac.com. Use discount code carsya 20 and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right, 20% off. Details at carsyad.com slash sponsors. Okay, Peter, we're back and we're entering the last lap. I know you said you liked to race. Maybe you weren't that great of a racer, but you liked it and that's all that matters. So you know what this means. The white flag is out. Time to put our foot into it. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Yep. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received?
0: Buy it because you like it, not because you think it'll appreciate.
1: Love it. Love it. Heard that from many very wise guests here on Cars yeah. Could you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success over the years?
0: Honesty. I don't like being cheated, and I don't want to cheat anybody.
1: Awesome. Great. I think tenacity and perseverance has something to do with your personality as well. You're probably right. Yeah, I think so. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners that you think the Yow yeah! folks out there would really enjoy?
0: Well, as of now, I like Yow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm glad I sent you that 20 bucks in the mail before you <laughs> called today for doing that. That's very kind of you. Thank you very much. I'll I'll let I'll take that one. I like that one a lot. Peter, would you share one book? This is also a tough question, but one book you think the Yow yeah! listeners would enjoy that you've read? I'm, I'm
0: a voracious reader. Uh, I go through probably a book a week, uh, and I'm not a very big fan of fiction. Um, you know, I love history. I read a lot of his, historical things. But one book that I'll never forget, and it's fiction based on, on reality, is a book called Shantaram. It's about an Australian who um, gets into trouble and how he gets out of trouble, and it's a very good life lesson.
1: Awesome. Great. Well, I'll remind our listeners that you can find all these great resources at peter. Volney and Peter's last name is V O L N Y. There's also a great place on the Carsya yeah! website called Guest Recommended Books where you can find this book and all the books that the guests here on Carsya yeah! have recommended with real easy links to get your hands on all these great reads. Do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars? I have another hobby that I share with my wife and that's travel.
0: We we're both very very passionate travelers. We travel very extensively. As of uh, as of today, I'm up to 138 countries. Wow! I've been to every continent, and um, I even spent a, a month on a Russian icebreaker in Antarctica. So you know, I, I just want to see every place in the world before I disappear.
1: Oh my gosh! Well, I'm very envious of you, and I know in our pre-show chat, you also have been to North Korea. Yes. Yeah. So you Let's have. You're like Johnny Cash. You've been everywhere, man. <laughs> that wonderful song. Fantastic. All right, Peter, we're up to what I call the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could only have one, yeah, I'm sorry, just one collector car in your garage, but you can't pick, let's say, a GTO so you can sell it and buy a bunch of other cars. You got to keep this one. You got to drive it. But money's no object. Today, I'm writing the check. What would that one vehicle be and why? Oh,
0: that that's easy that would go back to an earlier question you asked about what kind of car I'd I'd like to be uh, if I could only have one car, it would be a ferrari p three p four because I think even after all these years uh, you know it's the most beautiful car ever made. If you look at the ferrari four fifty eight and, and the new four eighty eight you can see that they've evolved from the uh p three p four lines you know they mimic the the, the central lines of those cars. To me, the um, the P4, it, it's like the Marc Chagall and the Jean Miro of cars. Just spectacularly beautiful and, and always will be.
1: Uh, well, you picked one of my favorites as well. They are works of art, but they're a car you can get out there and hammer on and drive. It just does everything right, including the sound. Very well chosen. I like that. Thank you. You're welcome. Peter, you have taken me on a great ride. I knew you would today, and I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing. Your journey with me and the Cars listeners, if there's one parting piece of guidance you could offer our listeners before you drive off down the track in that Ferrari P3, P4, what would it be? Life is about balance. The balance of
0: work and pleasure, the balance of family and friends, and don't forget the balance of your checkbook.
1: (laughs) I, I, I guess that's it. I like that. Very well said. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your Concours event?
0: Uh, On our website at uh, concoursinthehills.org. That's uh, C-O-N-C-O-U-R-S-I-N-T-H-E-H-I-L-L-S dot org. Or you can find me in person at any of the uh, wonderful car shows down here in Scottsdale.
1: There you go. Well, again, listeners, you can find links to everything on Peter's show notes page. Just put Peter in the search box at the Cars website. His page will pop up and you can find links to everything. And I would encourage you, give some serious thought this winter, February 13th, to head down to Scottsdale. I'm going to make every effort to be there and be a part of the event and attend his fantastic Concord into its third year. I think it would be a great way to spend a few days in the sunshine. Peter, thank you for being so generous with your time and your expertise for today and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. You're welcome. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun.